Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Enter the Nerd Zone. You almost forgot where we were at, huh? <laughs> I almost did. Well, because I have a lot on my mind. It's almost like it's the end of an era. Uh, oh, really? Well, are we ending our show? <laughs> well, no, not that, even though I'm sure there's people that are would be thrilled to hear that. But no, not the end of the show. But just uh, we're, we're finally wrapping up Harry Potter. It's like this is where we kind of started, right? Yeah, it was one of our sort of first ones. And we were like, yeah, we're going to go through all seven books and eight movies. And yeah, here we are all this time later. Holy cow. Well, holy cow. Uh, was, that, uh, was that your was that your Phil Rizzuto? Yeah, oh, I, I got confused. I thought I was talking about the Yankees or something. My fault. Uh, yeah, so Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, uh, part one and part two of the movie. And then the there's movie. one book. Only one book. Only one book. Um, so I don't know if I should ask this question at the end or at the beginning. Uh, but I'll, if you say I'll answer it at the end, then you, that's okay. Do you think, sure. Do you think this book uh, should have been made into two movies? Was it that long that that it should be two movies? Because, again, as the listeners don't know, I don't read and Jay does. <laughs> so uh, that's why I'm asking. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, that's a great question question i think is a pretty good place to start um you know going through this whole series and, we, and we've talked about it in past episodes how you know look for time they have to cut stuff out of the books and most of the times they got it right but you know if you tune back into our prisoner of azkaban episode My uh i gave pete a pretty big shock when i told him how much stuff was actually cut out now when i got this book and i was reading it my thinking as I was reading it, you know, and they hadn't announced the movie yet was, oh, my God, how are they going to make this into a movie? There's so much great stuff. Like, I couldn't see I couldn't see like where like, oh, obviously, they'll just cut this out. It's really kind of superficial. I was like, there's a lot of good stuff in here. How are they going to do this? So when they announced, you know, part one, part two, I was like, I think that's a genius idea. And I think it, and I really think it was because. Very minimal cuts to stuff in the books, and I think they told the story really, really well. So, what what did you think when you heard? Because this was kind of the first time that you know any big studio or movie project did that, like a part one and a part two. Yeah, you know? I, I was, I was, you know, I again at this point in time. Now, the book came out when? When did the book come out in regards to when you started reading it? What, what movie were they on? That is a good question. Uh, let me see if I can pull that up real quick. Um, I mean, I think, I think when this book came out, they probably were probably around the fifth movie, I would think. Okay. Um, okay, so this book came out in 2007. And the movie started in 2009. That's when they began filming. I believe so. Yeah. yeah. So let me. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna see if I'm lucky with this. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh wow! Look at that. Order of the Phoenix. The film came out in 2007. So yeah. So they were on the fifth <laughs> film when the seventh book came out. Okay. So at this point in time, I have only seen the movies. So when this movie, came, <laughs> I'm not reading. I'm not reading anything. Obviously. Darn it, I'm not reading. <laughs> I refuse. I am not doing it. I went to school for 12, 13, 25 years. Um, to, you went to school. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't read at all. Um, I thought, you know, at first I was like, oh, it must be really good if they're going to make it 
one and mm-hmm. two, you know. Um, my first real thought was, oh, this book must be really long. <laughs> Yeah. To be honest with you, but I, you know, I wasn't disappointed. I was happy that they did what they did do. What I thought was great is that they put the first movie out in November and the second movie out in May. She so didn't wait a year for the next the next movie. Does that make sense? Yeah. No. Exactly. You know, because they probably filmed it pretty much probably all in one shot and then you know cut it and edited it and things like that. So yeah, we really didn't have to wait too long because at this point, like. My wife, just like you, she didn't read the book. She's like, I don't have time to read, you know. But she likes and, to read. I just don't. Have, I just don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Diana, at this point, she had stopped with, I believe, book five. So she didn't read six or seven. So, you know, it was good, you know, for them that they weren't like when part one ended. They weren't like, oh my god, how long do we have to wait for the next movie? because they were really anticipating it. It was like, yeah, it's just a couple of months and, uh, you know, you're going to find out what happens. And they, and they really enjoyed that. Now, this was the first movie, right, that didn't start out with uh, the... Um, Dursleys? The Dursleys, right? Well, uh, they didn't do the, the Dursley scene in book six. They didn't do the Dursley scene in book four, or I should say in movie six and movie four, because they're... There is a Dursley, I mean, there is a bit of a Dursley scene in this one. Um, Pretty much, you know, Harry is telling them and uh, you don't really see it in the movie. You kind of saw it in the book that the uh, the order, what's left of the order of the Phoenix, because, you know, as you uh, let's just say going forward, if you haven't seen these movies or read these books, spoiler alert. Yeah, seriously, um, where have you been? Exactly. If you're if you've stuck it out with us through all of these, I don't think I need. But I'll just throw it up there. Spoiler alert. Um, you know, so Dumbledore had died at the end of six, uh, and Harry pretty much was telling the Dursleys, like, look, the the enchantment that he placed on the house is going to end when I turn seventeen. Uh, so they're they're going to be able to find me, and that means they'll be able to find you. They'll torture you to find out where I am. You need to leave. So we see them sort of like abandon the house, and it's actually an extended scene in the book. And I actually looked online for like deleted scenes from films, and they actually did film the extended scene. And I was kind of sad that they didn't put it in because it was really, really good, actually. I thought I saw, you know, maybe I saw the extended where they, maybe it's on the DVD where they mm-hmm. have, um, it's the beginning and they're all getting into the car and he's telling you got to get the hell out of here. Yeah. Is that, is that the scene that you saw online? Yeah, that's the one in like where, you know, they're, they're getting ready to go and Uncle Vernon's telling Dudley, like, get in the car. And Dudley's like, well, isn't he coming? Like, isn't Harry coming? And he's like, well, no, he's not. And Dudley's like, well, why? And he's like, uh, he's like, well, you don't want to come with us, right, right, boy? And Harry's like, yeah, I don't want to come with you. You, right. you probably think I'm a waste of space. And Dudley walks over and he says to Harry, and he does this in the book, and he's like, well, I never thought you were a waste of space. And he shakes Harry's hand and Harry kind of like smiles at him and they part ways. And if you remember from book five and movie five, we were kind of making fun of Dudley there with his sleeveless shirt and his gold chain. Yes. And the nickname he had there, I don't know if they did it in the movie, but in the book, all his little cronies there called him big D. So Harry was like, kind of said that to him. He's like, you know, he's like, good luck to you, big D. And I was kind of like, that was, it's like two minutes, put it in there. Right. (laughs) 
Right. But, yeah. Yeah, because I remember seeing that scene. I couldn't remember. Now, again, if you haven't seen these movies, just turn on the TV. They're on Sci-Fi and TNT and all these other stations 100 times yeah. a day. Um, I, I, there, I, I've been watching them on these channels, and there's some extra scenes in all these movies. And I'm, I was hoping that that would be one of the scenes that I would have saw. saw yeah, I can speak. <laughs> yeah, but if, if anybody ever wants to, I mean, you know, the deleted scenes are on all the DVDs or, yeah, just go to YouTube and look up, you know, Harry Potter deleted scenes because there's people that put together compilations with everything from the first movie all the way to the end. Uh, and there's some really and, and this is one of them that you'll see. And it's, it was a pretty good scene. But like I said, when I started reading this book, I mean, from the get go, we get that brief sort of you know the dursleys have to go away so voldemort doesn't find them and then right away it's like all right harry we got to evacuate you here's the big plan and it's like we're, we're just jumping right into the action from the get-go pretty much now is by this okay so we know now right at this point in time he's he hasn't decided to go looking for the horcruxes yet or he does Oh, he did. Like at the end of at the end of six, he's like, "Yeah, I'm not coming back to school. Like, it's time. Like, I got to go looking for him. Dumbledore told me about him. I got to look for him. Like, he he was not he was not going back to school. And uh, Ron and Hermione were pretty much like, "Well, we're joining you. The three of us have been doing this since book one, and here's book seven. We're with you, Harry." <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So the, the seven. The movie. Let's go to the movie for a second. Absolutely. Okay, so the movie starts... The first movie starts with... Um, has that... I forget how that begins again. I, like I said, I, I, just, I just watched it. <laughs> I believe it's... it's it, Now, it's a scene that we don't actually get in the book. It's something that Hermione kind of tells us about later. It's basically Hermione... Now, a lot of people think that in the scene, she's like erasing her parents' minds. What she actually did was she used a very, and this is just shows you how powerful and amazing Hermione is. She actually used a spell to make her parents think they were different people. You know, like instead of being the Grangers, they were like the Joneses who had no kids and they actually lived in Australia. So right after she does that spell and she leaves, they pretty much are like, well, our vacation in England is done. Time to go home to Australia. Because she did that to protect them, but we get that scene, you know, in the movie where, you know, you see her there, and I was sort of like, okay, I don't remember this from the book, like, what is she doing? And when she starts to do it, I'm like, oh, she's doing the spell on them, and the whole thing where you kind of see her disappear from the pictures, and I was sort of like, oh my god, like, it was it was a really great way to kind of start this off. You see, now... Um... On the ones that you're watching, if you watch it on US Air or the other show, you actually mm -hmm. see her making them start to disappear. And you see Ron's getting ready to, like, bolt on his family. And um, and then you see the Dursleys scene that we were talking about. Right, yeah. Yeah, so it's sort of all of them sort of preparing to kind of like, okay, time to go looking for Horcruxes. But we have a wedding we have to go to first, you know. Um, it is... Bill Weasley, who we get introduced to him in this film, but you know, if you read the books, we saw him back in book four. He actually comes back in book six. Now, if you remember when he's introduced, you know, he's dating Flor Delacour, he's about to marry her, and 
you know, he kind of has that little thing where he's like, yeah, I'm ready for action. I want to get, uh, I want to get that werewolf that gave me this scar. That actually happened in book six when the Death Eaters came to Hogwarts and Snape kills Dumbledore. There was actually a really big fight between the Order of the Phoenix and um, the Death Eaters. And in it, the that werewolf for the Death Eaters, Greyback, actually did scratch um, Bill. And he's not a werewolf, but he, he you know, he kind of has a little kind of werewolf tendencies. I know they kind of gloss over it, but I was sort of like, you know what? It wasn't in the sixth one. Bill's here. Good enough. Let's just get going. <laughs> right. Okay. So, yeah, he's is he the one that's the Dragon Slayer, right? No, he is the Curse Breaker. Oh, that's Charlie. At the, I'm thinking Charlie. Charlie. Yeah. And that's the thing is, and actually, I mean, Charlie doesn't show up in this book, but I kind of felt he, does, he did show up in uh, Goblet of Fire because when they bring the dragons for the challenge, and I was like, man... Couldn't you just throw Charlie in there so we could see what he looks like? We yeah. got all the Weasleys except for Charlie. <laughs> Poor Charlie. Poor, Poor Charlie. Charlie. <laughs> it's kind of like, he's kind of like, and this is going to be, I don't know if this is how obscure of a reference this is going to be, but if you ever remember the first season of Happy Days, Richie actually had a brother named, I think his name was like Chuck. Yeah, yeah, Chuck. And he just suddenly disappeared. It was like, Chuck was like, yeah, I'm going out for milk, and just like never came back, and it was never mentioned ever again. <laughs> Hermione put the uh, the spell on the family, and Chuck disappeared. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Chuck, who's hey, Chuck? Rich, didn't you used to have a brother? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow, that's crazy. Bonzi and Harry Potter, why not? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, all right, so we open up in the movie. Uh, Snape is walking into the. I guess that's where all the Death Eaters are uh, are kind of like hanging out, right? Yes, big meeting time. Big yes. meeting time. Now, who's hanging? Uh, who do they have hanging upside down? Um, sure, she is a professor at Hogwarts, and I believe she actually taught the class Muggle Studies, which was like um, a class really for sort of like wizards that never had any interactions with muggles like basically like you know this muggle device they call it a toaster it turns plain bread into to you know so that's who she is there that's why when she's sort of hanging hanging there and she looks and she's like you know severus please you know me because they're they're co-workers like she's a teacher at hogwarts okay so she, yeah that's what yeah I'm I have the scene up on the uh, on the screen. You can't see it, folks. Sorry, uh, and <laughs> that's what's happening now. So I, I was wondering again. Um, so yeah, so that how's that scene differ in the book? Is it or is it very similar? No, it's really really similar. Um, you know, there Snape is coming to say because we're get, we're about to see in the next scene that they're going to. Um, kind of get Harry away from the Dursley house because that enchantment's going to break and they're going to get him to safety. And, you know, again, there's, even though he killed Dumbledore, there's still death eaters that are sort of like, you know, they don't really know about Snape, you know? So this one death eater's like, yeah, I heard they're moving Harry Potter on the, on the 16th. And Snape's like, you know, actually, no, it's really on this date. And, you know, Voldemort, goes with what Snape says. So, you know, again, in the book and in the movie, you're sort of like, like at this point, like, what did you think of Snape? Did you think like, 
he killed Dumbledore, and here he is. He's like, yeah, they're going to try to to get Harry Potter to safety, so let's go get him on this date. Like, what? where did you stand with him? At, I, this I, at this point in time, I mean, I loved Snape from first movie to the end. Uh, sure. But I think at this point in time, I'm like, that's SOB. Uh, you know, he uh, killed, killed Dumbledore. I thought he was a bad guy. I really did. I mean, it was kind of fishy, but... You know how these movies are, right? You you think the guy's yeah. a good guy, and then boom, he's a bad guy, and then he's a good guy again. Uh, I really thought that this was his turning point, that he was showing his true colors. Yeah, and, you know, it doesn't really happen in the movie anymore, but, you know, some characters that are still in the Order of the Phoenix, like... Um like Professor Lupin, and then there's Kingsley Shacklebolt, who's the head of the Aurors. He was the, uh, you saw him in, I think, from films five on. He was uh, the African-American guy. He sort of wore like a dashiki. He was like a big, big kind of guy. He's the head of the Auror department. In the book, they'll kind of mention sort of like about Snape becoming a traitor, and they're like, well, I guess that was Dumbledore's big mistake. Like, Dumbledore trusted him to the end. And when I would read that, I would think like, Okay, I'm 99.9% sure he's a bad guy, but Dumbledore trusted him to the end. So I had that, like, tiny percentage point of, like, doubt where I'm like, I still think he's good, but, nah, there's just way too much evidence against it. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, and I think that at that point in time, these guys are thinking, you know, he, if Dumbledore really trusted him, or he would have told us that there was something going on. But... You know, at this point in time, who knows? So at this point, sitting here, I'm thinking, okay, Snape is uh, is turning bad. But, you know, at this at the same time watching this, the movie, I'm also thinking that Malfoy, uh, the father, is, Lucius, is starting mm -hmm. to, like, regret some of the stuff that he's done. All right. Now, I feel that he did regret it, but I don't think he regretted it. Because he suddenly is like, you know, saw the light and everything. I think he regretted it because he made a whole bunch of mistakes. Uh, obviously, Voldemort is punishing them, like his family. And I think I that... Um... Sorry, my Oops. phone is going off. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Larry's calling you. Larry's calling. Sorry. <laughs> no problem. Sorry, um, Larry. I think he sort of regret, like, I think his regret is sort of like, man, I messed up and now I'm really in a lot of hot water. Like, he, this is where I was sort of like, and I always kind of felt this about him, that he was like, I mean, he's a mean guy. Don't get me wrong. And, and Jason Isaacs, who plays him, oh, plays fantastic. him to perfection. But he, to me, he's a true Slytherin. He's like, he's sort of like, you know, hey, you know, where's the sun shining? Like, where's, where, where can I kind of position myself so I'm in a good spot? You know, like he's. He's looking, like, I hate to, you know, he, he's looking to kind of save his own ass, basically. Like, I, I don't think he's like, oh, wow, this Voldemort guy's crazy and we shouldn't be doing this. He's sort of like, okay, how how can I, like, kind of raise my status again? Like, that's kind of how I felt about him. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I think I, I kind of agree with you with that. I, you know, I, it seems like he was, like you said, saving his own butt. And some of that thing, I think he wasn't, like, you would think he didn't have like a he wasn't like caring about his kid or his wife at some point in time there too. I think he was thinking more of himself. He was absolutely looking out for number one. Flip side of that, I think Draco is really sorting starting to kind of think like, Yeah, I don't think this whole Death Eater thing and, and Lord he's like, 
again, I don't think he's going to suddenly like be like, wow, I think, you know, muggles are really great. And, and, you know, muggle born wizards like Hermione are awesome. Like, no, that's not going to change. But I think he's really realizing like, yeah, I don't think we should be doing this. And his mom is sort of like her goal is where, you know, Lucius is sort of like, I'm looking out for myself. She's like, I'm looking out for the family. And if my husband wants to look out for himself, well, he's on his own. I'm going to take care of Draco. Now she's Bellatrix's sister, right? That is correct. And she is uh, Narc- Narcissa. Narcissa. Uh, it's actually not Lestrange because Lestrange was uh, Bellatrix's married name. So I actually don't know. But, you know, she's a uh, Malfoy. So she's Narcissa Malfoy, basically. Yeah. Uh, so what's her relationship to Sirius Black? Probably, you know, through... Oh, well, actually, yeah, she would be... She'd probably also be a cousin because, yeah, they're they're sisters. So she would be a cousin as well, yeah. Okay. But I guess because, <clears throat> because uh, Bellatrix is just, like, so crazy, you know, that's why Sirius would kind of talk about her... And he's also like, oh, yeah, I'm also related to the Malfoys, too, through marriage, blah, blah, blah. I have Whatever. to tell you, with Bellatrix, I, at some at this point, I'm like, I hate this one. She's got to go. And, uh-huh. you, know, I am, you know, I'm tired of seeing all the good people die. You know, we see, you know, in this the first movie, we see another good character get killed. And this girl's still living. You know, it's just frustrating. It's like, you know, watching those TV shows and that bad guy just keeps coming back and back. And he gets lucky. She's, I'm done with her. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I remember, and this, again, this was a while ago. We kind of talked about our favorite sort of movie villains. And I don't know if we talked about her or not, but to me, you know, to me, that's the mark of a great villain where towards the end of the story, you're sort of like, all right, if this villain doesn't get it, like I'm walking out of this movie, you know? And, and I felt the same way. I'm like, Great villain, great character, but she has got to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's up there with the the villains of '66 in regards to some of these, you know. I mean, or even the <laughs> most most popular villains. I mean, she is the Catwoman of Harry Potter. <laughs> I mean, she's really. I mean, you know, Voldemort. You know, obviously, he's the big evil guy all throughout. She's like a really close second. Oh, and you're absolutely. sort of like, like it's not. It's not like okay, we gotta get rid of Voldemort. It's like. We got to get rid of these two, you know. Well, I kind of turned because isn't she the one that kills uh, uh, what's his name's parents? Uh, she she actually tortured Neville's parents Neville's into parents. insanity, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. That, oh, so they're not dead. She just tortured them, mm-hmm. but she tortured them into insanity. You know, yeah. I, I like Neville, so it always like makes me, uh, you know, sad that he, she did that to his family. Surprise! So why I hate her so much. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she's just, I mean, she is just, and again, Helena Bonham Carter, I mean, perfect casting. I mean, she just plays it to perfection. Like, when we first see this character in the books, she hadn't been on film yet. I was sort of like, wow, I wonder how they're really going to show her. And when we see it in uh, the fifth movie, Order of the Phoenix, I was like, oh, my God, they, they, they got the perfect person to play her absolutely amazing <laughs> all right so one of the first scenes in this movie that i loved is when they're at the house and mm-hmm. they're, they're all like the whole order is there and they're going to get harry 
and they have the uh, the juice that changes everybody into the the city, you know that ref- what's I don't remember what it's called. Oh, it's uh, the polyjuice potion. Right. So they basically all turn into Harry. Yes, <laughs> and seeing uh, as they're you know they're uh, f- uh, transforming into him, you see the one se- the, there's a one scene where Hermione has her her body, but Harry Potter's face, and it's like the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I like, I like that, and I like when um, they're they're also to turn into Harry. Uh, Fred and George turn to each other and they go, "Oh my God, we're identical." <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then and then uh, Fleur Delacour, you know, who's gonna marry Bill, she turns to Bill and she's like, as like looking at Harry, she's like, "Bill, do not look at me. I am hideous," you know. <laughs> and Harry must be like, "Dude, I'm standing right here." That's right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this scene's very intense because they go out and they take off, and now we see a, a couple of characters actually die from from the, the Death Eaters chasing them down. Yeah, and I mean the first one. And when I read this in the book, and it's some people might find it really minor, but Hedwig, his owl, gets killed. And I was like, when I read it in the book, I was like, whoa! Like you can't do like. All these people have died in the last couple of books, but when they kill Harry's owl, I was like, oh, oh, y- you don't go doing that. Yeah, it's like killing John Wick's dog. You just don't do it. <laughs> exactly. But I was like, I was almost like, when I was reading it, I was almost like, okay, what did that owl ever do to you? But it was actually, you know, the way they read, the way, the way uh, she wrote it in the book, it was almost like a killing curse was coming towards them and like, Hedwig flew in front of it, sort of like, you know, like shielding Harry at the last second. And I was like, oh, man, I'm like, and this is like in the beginning of the book. So I'm like, oh, my, okay, I guess this is how this this is going. We're just going to start killing left and right in this story. <laughs> now, one of the big characters that get killed in this scene is is um, One-Eye. Mad-Eye, yeah, mm-hmm. Mad-Eye. I, 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 I couldn't... And the thing that's kind of sad, and it's the same thing in the book, it's like we don't see it happen, but when they all get to the Weasley house and they start coming back, I'm not sure who it was. Uh, I think it was Bill that reported it, that they're like, you know, Mad-Eye died. And I'm like, what? And it's like Harry's reaction in the book was sort of my reaction. I'm like, well, he's too tough to die. Like, that just doesn't happen. Like, Harry was like, this is the toughest guy I know. Like he's not supposed to die, and I kind of felt the same way. I'm like, he's too he's too tough to die. That's not supposed to happen, but it's happening. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame because you know he is one of the the funnier characters that they have in this in this series, and um, the, the actor too, uh, very good as well. Um, so yeah, it's it's sad to see you know his character go now. Is there anybody else in that in this scene that actually? Uh, Bites the big one, so to speak? No, but, uh, oh boy, which one is it? I believe it is George. George loses his ear. Oh, he loses his ear. I didn't even realize that he loses his ear in this, in this scene. So that right, sense. that they, they carry him in, and, you know, he's like, he's bloody, and he looks like he's barely holding on, and, you know, he's moaning and moaning, and, you know, Mrs. Weasley's freaking out, and Harry's like, he, Harry's feeling so guilty, he's like, oh my God, these guys risk their lives for me this isn't fair and uh you know fred comes over and fred is you know very concerned and he's like you know georgie georgie are you okay and you know because they're the weasley twins fred's like he goes i feel saintly 
And he goes, what do you mean you feel saintly? Because I'm holy. He's like, get it? Because I'm holy. And Mrs. <laughs> Weasley's like, okay, I've had it with you too. <laughs> All right, so oh, what's what's the next scene that you want to talk about? Um, I mean, comparative to the book. Now, is there anything so far that's not been on par? Nope. And spoiler alert: I'm going to tell you now. Okay. The movies one and two pretty much follow the books. There, like I said, there's very little cut from it. There's really very little changed. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's almost like, you know, page for page here, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, they, they have the big wedding. Um, now the minister of magic who, um, is played by Bill Nye in this, you know, he sort of comes and he's like, all right, look, we read Dumbledore's will and he left you guys some stuff. And he's like, looking like, why is Dumbledore leaving you things? What's going on? Tell me, work with me. And Harry, Ron, and Hermione are, like, very tight-lipped. They're, like, in their minds, they're, like, we're doing this. We don't want the ministry's help. We don't want anybody's help. And, you know, he he leaves them things that, you know, they all kind of know, like, okay, there's some deeper meaning to Like, they look, like, very, not. I don't want to say silly on the surface, but it's, like, he gives Harry the first snitch he ever caught playing Quidditch. He gives Hermione a copy of a book called Tales of Beetle the Bard, which, for kids in the wizarding world is like they're like children's stories and he gives ron this thing called the deluminator which all the way back in the first movie when he's bringing harry potter baby harry potter there to the dursleys he uses it to kind of suck up all the street lights so nobody will see him and he he gives it to and you know they're all sort of like okay these obviously have a deeper meaning but we just haven't figured it out yet so we get that and we get to the wedding, which ends up, you know, they, the wedding gets attacked and Harry, Ron and Hermione basically leave and they go to London. And this this is where their adventure just really kicks into high gear. Yeah. OK. okay. Hello. No, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Now I was just clearing my throat. Sorry. Oh, go sorry. Ahead. What, what are you doing over there? All right. So. Um, all right. So now at this point in time, how many Horcruxes have they destroyed? Just the book, right? They have destroyed, yes, uh, Tom Riddle's diary. Okay, so now they're... I believe that is it, it yeah. Because right? so, at this point, I, mean, I don't even think they know how many there are yet, right? Oh, no. Well, Dumbledore believed that there were seven because he said, you know, seven is a very magical number. And he even kind of deduced which what he thought they were. Now, in the sixth book and movie... Um, Harry and Dumbledore, they went out to that cave to look for one of the Horcruxes and it was, um, a locket, but it turns out it was a fake. It was actually, and they kind of touched on it in the movie, but they really explain it more in the book. Um, Sirius, Sirius had a younger brother named, uh, Regulus and Regulus was a death eater, but then he realized like, no, this isn't right. And he actually figured out about the Horcruxes, so he was like, well, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get, you know, Voldemort. He actually went to that cave and he actually stole it and replaced it with this fake one. So now Harry's like, great, now we gotta find the real one. And that's sort of their first task, or that's the first thing they kind of set out to do, is sort of figure out where's the real locket that we have to look for, because that's the real Horcrux. Do we ever find out whatever happened to Sirius's brother? 
uh, not in the movie, but in the book, basically what they figure out is, you know, if you remember that whole cave thing and, you know, you had to drink that potion and, and all that, what Regulus did is, uh, you know, Harry, Ron and Hermione end up in Sirius's old house because he Sirius left it to Harry so they could use it. Um, and there was a house elf there called Creature that was like hated them. And he was like very loyal to the black family, of course, except for Sirius. They sort of figure out that, you know, when Regulus figured out about the Horcruxes and went after the, the locket, he brought Creature with him. And he basically sacrificed himself. Like he drank the potion to get the locket and switch it with the fake one and gave it to Creature to to bring back to, you know, to bring back and hide. And he basically stayed behind and died. Like he sacrificed himself. Okay, because we see a scene here where at some point in this movie where Creature is bringing back the, um, the, the little short guy, right, who has... Yeah, locket, he was... Right? Yeah, he was like he was a member of the Order of the Phoenix, and he's like a minor character they talk about. His name was um, oh, his name was Mundungus, and they said the reason they had him is because he's a crook, and they're like we kind of kind of like you need that you know rogue smuggler type guy because you know he's there, and he creature was like you know yeah I had the real locket here, and that guy stole it, so that's why they bring him back, and that's when he reveals that. Yeah, I had it, but then, you know, this really obnoxious witch caught me, and she took it off of me, and they were like, you know, who's that? And he points to her picture, and it's our old friend Dolores Sombridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lovely, lovely her. Another one that I can't stand, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Not for nothing. I was sort of like, yeah, I, I kind of hope she gets she really gets hers in this. And I really felt like she didn't, you know, Yeah, because but... we really don't find out her fate in this, uh, in either one of these movies. I mean, we see her because obviously it's important in the second part, uh, where they're going after the necklace, but we really don't get too much after that with her. Cause she's not really involved in the, uh, the fighting. We don't see her anyway. No, but what we see is, you know, when they decide to, okay, we got to go for the necklace and they devise this plan to break into the Ministry of Magic to get it. Uh, and when they, you know, they basically disguise themselves using that polyjuice potion again, they disguise themselves as different workers in the ministry. Um, you know, it was sort of like, it was almost sort of like a magical, like Mission Impossible thing, you know, that whole scene <clears throat> where oh, they yeah. knock out. Yeah, that was really kind of cool. I like that. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, uh, they so they they had the, the wedding, and they you know there's I think one important piece in that in that wedding scene that we see that is not really important till later on where where Harry is talking to Luna's dad and he has that necklace on. Yes, this yes. is the most important. Right? Am I am I guessing or saying that correctly that he that's the probably the most important scene that's not important at that time. You don't think much of it at the time, and especially when you read the book, you know, they very briefly mention it, and, you know, you almost kind of miss it. But when when I saw the movie, and I saw, I was like, ooh, ooh, I know what that's all about. But <laughs> if you never read the book, you would sort of be like, oh, here comes Luna with her wacky dad, which, which the two of them together, I mean, it was great. But, yeah, 
it's that's a really important scene that you didn't realize was really important. Yeah. So now after they leave the funeral, I mean, after they leave the funeral, the wedding, <laughs> they probably went to a lot of funerals. Uh, oh, unfortunately. Yeah. After they left and they, they start on their venture, from here until pretty much the end of the movie, I felt like I was watching Lord of the Rings. And I tell you why, because it felt like they were walking forever. <laughs> they got in a couple fights, walking. Another fight, walking. <laughs> you know, um, so I, I when I, you know, especially the sec, the end of the first, beginning of the second, I'm like, all right, can we stop walking and get somewhere, please? <laughs> so, well, I mean, and well, really, what happens with that is they realize that they got to go on the move because they know that they're being hunted. So they're constantly on the move. And the thing is, and you really start to see it towards the end of the first one. It's, you know, what you really realize is, and this was, I was kind of wondering this too, when it comes up, it's sort of like in the sixth book, Dumbledore goes into this whole long, Harry, let me tell you about, you know, these things called Horcruxes and, you know, Lord Voldemort uses them, but it's sort of like, he doesn't really teach Harry like, okay, you're going to find these horcruxes. And when you do, this is what you're going to, you're going to use this spell or you're going to, you know, use this magical thing. It's sort of like, yeah, he's using horcruxes, Harry. You got to find him and destroy him. And it's like, how do I do that? Well, we don't know because, you know, Dumbledore died and didn't tell him. Right. So that's the thing is, is like, there's so much frustration, you know, because they're on the run and they're like, okay, we got one. We got the necklace. We have no idea what the, what the other ones even are or where they are. And we got this necklace. We have no idea how to destroy it. This sucks. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we see relationships, the, you know, how the relationships change in this, just in this one, one and a half movies between the three of them. You know, it's up until, you know, I guess the last, you know, six. I mean, it really has been, you know, happy go lucky for the most part. Mm hmm. Yeah. And that's, and that's one of the things is like, you know, and they, and, you know, they kind of talk about it when they're constantly on the move and they're camping out, um, you know, Harry, Harry and Hermione kind of realize that like, you know, okay, the Weasley family, they're obviously, you know, they're a poor family. Like we, we, we've known that all throughout, but the thing is, it's not for nothing. Even though they're poor, you know, Mrs. Weasley made three square meals a day, you know, yeah, they don't live in a big mansion, but they did have a nice house with, like, heat and a nice bed. You know, Ron is not really used to roughing it. So Ron is getting, like, really testy, like, you know, I'm eating crap food and I'm sleeping on the ground and we have no idea what we're doing. This really sucks. <laughs> you right, know? yeah, and then he's, he, yeah, as we see as we go on, and we'll talk about it a little bit more later, but, you know, he's, he's starting to see that or think that, you know, Harry and Hermione are you know, becoming an item. I mean, because at this point in time, they really have, Ron and Hermione haven't really established their relationship. No, not really. You know, it's like, it's almost like, it, like I said, it's almost at this point. And again, you know, we talked about it when we talked about the sixth book and movie, like Hermione knows. Hermione knows she really likes Ron when he started dating Lavender Brown for, the only reason is because Lavender Brown just wanted to kiss him every five minutes. You know, Ron was just a goofball. He's like, a girl wants to kiss me. Right. You know, it it really broke Hermione's heart. So you, you, I mean, you knew, especially in that sixth movie, when she sees them sort of like smooching in the common room and she goes out and she's crying and Harry's comforting her, you know, 
we know that she loves him. We also know that Ron does love her, but Ron's just an idiot. He's just a typical <laughs> guy. <laughs> he is, he's a typical guy. He's like, I know I really love her. I have no idea how to tell her. Oh, this girl over here wants to kiss me. Okay, I'll just go do that now. You know, it's way yeah. to go, Ron. <laughs> yeah, way to go, Ron. Exactly. I'll tell you, you know, in these two movies, as you start to see, as they start their Lord of the Rings journey, yeah, they become. I, mean, I, you know, from in the the classroom, not having the, the, you know, all the right these all the right tools. I mean, she, obviously Hermione knows a lot of these spells and whatever else. I mean, mm-hmm. how did they become such badasses? I mean, the thing is, you know, <clears throat> back back when uh, the fifth book, fifth book and movie, when you know Dolores Umbridge is not teaching them defense against the dark arts and Hermione's like Harry you need to teach us and Harry's like but Hermione you're really smart and you're really good and her and Hermione's like yeah I know book stuff she's like but Harry you've actually done stuff like you fought Lord Voldemort you know you can make a Patronus and he's just like ah you know whatever I got lucky you know I just kind of acted on instinct and Hermione points out she's like well yeah that's kind of what you need to do Harry like I could read books and stuff but if I don't do practical things like you have what good is it so Hermione's really smart I could do all these amazing things but you know she's almost sort of like you know Harry you're really a hero like you don't realize it but everybody else knows it like it's in you like Start, start to believe it. <laughs> so, are they the Justice League, the Batman, the Superman, and the and the Wonder Woman of Harry Potter world? Yeah, I would really think they are. So it's sort of like you know, Hermione's Wonder Woman. I don't know who you know. Ron to me, Ron would be the Flash, who is sort of like the comic relief. <laughs> like, yeah, he's kind of good. He could do stuff, but he's making the jokes, you know. And Harry's sort of like, I guess he's like the default Superman, like the leader. But it's like he's a Superman that doesn't realize he's a Superman. Like, like Hermione points out to him, she's like, "Okay, you might not do that great on tests, you know. You're maybe you're not book smart, Harry, but you're really street smart." And we're fighting for our lives here, so I'll take street smarts over book smarts, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, so we know the second Horcrux is the necklace. What's the third yes. one that they go after now? Uh, well, the thing is, you know, so really what happens is, uh, you know, between that point and, and finding the third one is Ron finally gets fed up. Ron is just like, you know, I'm sick and tired of this. We're just like running from place to place. We're barely eating. We're barely sleeping. And we're, we've gotten nowhere. And Harry's sort of like, you know what, Ron, I'm sick and tired of you. I'm sick and tired of your bitching and this and that. And Hermione's like, guys, let's keep it together. Ron leaves. And Harry's like, good riddance to you. Um, and we get that scene where, you know, they again they have to move because they know they're being hunted and it's just Harry and Hermione and you know we see Hermione is devastated she is heartbroken and we get that scene where they're sitting in the tent and the radio's playing and Harry kind of comes over and they dance and like that didn't really happen in the book but I was sort of like like, okay, are they going to change the ending and Harry's going to end up with Hermione? I'm like, wait a minute, what are they doing here? So at this point in time, we know that like Dumbledore, Dumbledore is dead. 
This, yes. The school is going to the Death Eaters. Why are parents sending their kids back to uh, Hogwarts? I mean, I get why, like, Slytherin parents would, because they're like, yeah, we're in charge now. Like, you, you do, you know, and we don't really get it in the movie, but we hear it in the book, like, um, because I think you kind of see it, like, they have this, like, radio, which is like a wizard radio, which can get wizard radio station. I don't know how that works. I'm not a wizard scientist. Um, W-I-Z-Z. <laughs> <laughs> Coming at you from Hogwarts. That's right. Yeah, we got some great stuff for you. No, but um, you, you kind of hear these reports that you know they're going after basically Muggle-born witches and wizards, which is why Hermione's like, "Well, that's really reason number two why I'm not going to go back to Hogwarts because the second I step foot there, they're going to grab me." So a lot of the the Muggle-born wizards, or you know the uh, the kids that are Muggle-born are like, yeah, we're not going back to school. Like, you, you kind of catch, like, reports of some of their friends were just like, we're not going back for, for safety reasons. And I'm actually kind of surprised that when they finally, you know, later on in the second movie, they do go back to Hogwarts. I was like, man, there's still a lot of kids there. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. That's what my thoughts What are were. some of these parents thinking? Like, come on. <laughs> so, okay, I'm going to leave this question to, to later on. All right, so we're back. Sure. Hermione and uh, the three amigos are pretty much now going ready to go find this this necklace. They, they Well, they find the necklace eventually, and that's just – you think uh, this is where the you know they start arguing with each other and the necklace is kind of like that that bearer of that right because we see Harry wearing it and he's getting grumpy and then Ron's wearing it and it's getting grumpy right yeah and that's the thing that Hermione tries to point out she's like when Ron starts throwing his fit she's like you know Ron you're wearing the necklace take it off and Harry's like no 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 this isn't the necklace this is this is Ron you know and Ron's like Ron even takes it off and he's like yeah this is me and he and he disappears and they're sort of like okay great you know what do we do now and that's when they realize like hermione again you know doing all this research she's like she tells harry that you know he destroyed the diary with the fang of a basilisk and she's like well yeah anything that has basilisk venom in it destroys a horcrux and they're like well we killed the basilisk, so we don't have any of its fangs. But Harry remembers that he killed the basilisk with the sword of Gryffindor. So he's like, well, that's infused with, um, you know, the, the blood or the venom of a basilisk. He's like, you know, I really wish we had it. Let's let's try to find it. And then that's where we get the scene where Harry's kind of keeping watch and he sees a Patronus. And it's not a stag like his father's, but it's actually a doe, a female deer which so a deer <laughs> exactly sorry you, you know, said about that <laughs> <laughs> so it's either sound of music <laughs> That's right. or you know it kind of makes you think like they don't say it but you know you kind of deduce like well you know harry's is a stag his father's was also a stag so maybe his mother's was a doe so you're almost like okay is this the ghost of like harry's mom leading him and he follows it, and he follows it to that pond, and he sees that the sword is down there. And that's when he's like, all right, I got to dive in there and get it. And he dives in there and gets it. And, um, you know, he's wearing the um, the necklace, and the necklace actually is, like, fighting back and tries to drown him. And he's saved by his good pal Ron. Ron comes back. So 
that that was awesome. That was awesome in the book, and it was great to see it in the movie. It was a great scene in the movie. Now, how's the the sword get there? Do we ever get we ever uh, find out how? Yes, we do, but I will save that towards the end if that's okay. Okay, that's fine. All right, good. Well, okay, good. Because <laughs> listen, I watch these things and I'm a dope, so I can't figure out all this stuff on my own. That's why I have you around. <laughs> all right, so we they get the sword. They get the sword. Now they destroy the necklace at that point in time. Correct. Yes, but not before we get a little like like the necklace tries to save itself basically, and it it sort of reveals itself to Ron and is sort of like you know. Like telling, like Ron, don't destroy me. You know, I know how you feel. You know, like, like your brothers think you're a joke, and your parents think you're a joke, and you know, even Harry and Hermione. And then we get that sort of misty image of like, I was sort of like, okay, are Harry and Hermione having sex there? Like, yeah, what it, are they it showing? Was, it was definitely weird. <laughs> it was kind of weird, and it was like in the book. There is that scene, but when it when when the Horcrux is telling Ron, like, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, you're like the loser best friend to the greatest wizard ever. And that girl you like, she doesn't like you. And then it shows images of the two of them and they just mock him like they they tease and taunt him. They're not like naked and doing stuff, you know. So like even people that read the book and saw the movie, they were like, oh, what are you guys doing? (laughs) Exactly. Right, so now after that after that scene goes through now they um they they go to uh Luna's house, right? Yeah, because you know what what they're starting to, you know, it's actually Hermione. You know, she sort of says like she was now remember Dumbledore gave well, first thing, let me back up a bit. They're sort of asking Ron, they're like, "Ron, how did you find your way back?" Well, first of all, I love that when they come back, you know, and she's like, she sees Harry, and she's like, Harry, what happened? Why are you wet? What's going on? And he's like, no, it's good. I got the sword, and we destroyed the Horcrux, and look who's back. And Ron's there, and he's like dopey. He's like, hi. And Hermione's like, gonna beat the snot out of him. You know? She's like, you left me, you son of a bitch. So then they said, like, Ron, how did you find your way back? Well, Dumbledore gave me the Deluminator. So he said... The second he left, he realized he made a mistake. But the thing is, you know, they had put up enchantments around their camp. So once Ron left, he's like, well, I can't find them, you know. So he said he was kind of just trolling around like he was like, I I don't know. I'm just going to keep roaming around. Maybe I'll find them. And he said he would just start playing with the Deluminator, opening and closing it. And then he said, he's like, and that's when I heard your voice, Hermione. You said my name. So I just kept listening and listening. And then one time when I clicked it, this ball of light came out and it went right into my heart and I knew where I needed to go. And what's great about that scene is the very next scene, Harry and Ron are talking and, you know, you could tell that Hermione's still pissed. And Ron is sort of like asking Harry, he's like, you know, how long you think she'll be mad at me? And Harry's like, probably forever, but keep talking about that ball of light going into your heart. I think you'll get there. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Yeah. So then that's when Hermione is sort of like, okay, Dumbledore's gift to you worked out. So she really starts reading the book that Dumbledore gave her. And that's when she notices that little symbol that matches the necklace on uh, Xenophilius Lovegood. And that's when she says, we need, we need to go visit Luna's dad. And that's when you're like, oh, that dinky little necklace he's wearing is the key to everything. <laughs> right. Yeah, Exactly. 
Yeah, so basically they visit him. And we and... learned that the, we learned the whole thing in that in this one, or is it the next? She tells the whole, they read the story, right? They read the story, and um, you know, he basically the story of the three brothers, how they cheated death, and you know, death was like, "Oh, you guys beat me, so what cool gifts can I give you?" So you know, the one brother wants the unbeatable wand, which is uh, which is a uh, Dumbledore's wand, right? Which we find out later is ends up to Dumbledore. Uh, the other one wants to be to raise the dead, so he gets that resurrection stone. But they said the third brother, who was really the smartest one, was like, "Well, I want to be able to hide from you." So he gave him an invisibility cloak. Oh, which, somebody has one. <laughs> exactly, and that's the thing that they talk about. Is they actually, you know, they actually. A lot of people, you know, in the Wizarding World believed, and by the end of it, it's really kind of confirmed that those three brothers were real, because the artifacts are real, and it turns out that Harry, like Harry's dad, is a long descendant from that third brother, so that cloak was passed down generation to generation, because... Uh, I forget who it is, you know, but somebody points it out to him in the end. He's like, you know, Harry, that's the invisibility cloak, because they said... There's invisibility cloaks out there, but you put a spell on it and it'll last for a couple of years and then the spell kind of fades. He's like, that cloak is as powerful as it ever was. Like, like that is the invisibility cloak. So how many people know about that cloak? It's the two, two of them and obviously uh, Hagrid. And I'm sure Dumbledore knows about it. Right. But the thing is, is, you know, when Harry is kind of showing it off and people are like, oh, cool, you got an invisibility cloak, which, you know, these things do exist. But like, you know, like it's sort of explained, it's sort of like, yeah, there's a spell on it to make you invisible. But after a while, it fades. But they they realize, you know, Harry is sort of like, wow, I think this is the like, this is one of the Deathly Hallows right here. Yeah, it turns out he's right. Yeah, it is amazing how like. You know, you some of these in this movie and all the movies, one little simple thing turns out to be huge later on. It's like a, you know, when you're watching movie number one, you're like, yeah, it's all right. But now it's like, oh wow, that's what that actually meant. You go back and watch the other ones, and like, oh, I see where this is going. Yeah, even like you know, I had read something where J.K. Rowling paid the visit to the set of one of the earlier movies, and she saw, and in the article because. I don't even remember which book and movie they were on, but they were nowhere near the end of it. But they said she basically saw an artifact and was like, hold on to that. It's really important. Well, it was Dumbledore's Deluminator. She basically told them, and nobody knew because they were probably on the third or fourth book or whatever. She's like, oh, you're going to want to hold on to that. It's going to be real important later. You know, and that's the thing that's cool is these little trinkets and things, you know, turn out in the very end to really have a big impact and I, I thought that was i'm like man how could you plan that out over seven books like it just blows my mind <laughs> all right so just one more quick aside then we'll move on the book that she had with the you know it talks about the deathly hallows yes um unlike some of the other books that are within the storyline like um the quidditch history uh right. beasts is this another book mm-hmm. that you can actually read outside the outside the other books? Yep, she actually went ahead because it's a collection of like children's fable, magical children's fables and stories. So 
there's actually, and again, she wrote it and wrote it for charity. All the proceeds went to her favorite charities. So it, it's great because, you know, it says, it says on the cover, you know, I for, uh, Tales of Beetle the Bard, originally written by Beetle the Bard. And it says translated from runes by Hermione Granger, which is pretty cool. But it has the Tale of the Three Brothers, which is the one Hermione reads. And about five or six other ones, which is which is kind of cool. So yeah, you can find this book in your local bookstore. So you have read it then? No. <laughs> uh, okay. I thought you read all the time, smarty pants. Anyway, okay, back to this. All right. So they they realize what this is, and now uh, the next step it there. This is this is when they get taken, right? Or they're found out? Yeah. This is when uh, they do get caught. They get. Brought to the Malfoys because oh, Luna's dad tra- was a traitor. Well, he was trying to save he, his own daughter. He was a, he was trying to save his daughter. They took his daughter, and he figured, hey, if I hand over Harry Potter, they'll give me my Luna. You kind of understand, like he. It's not that he wanted to betray Harry, but he was sort of like, you know, we we learned, you know, earlier on that Luna's mother died when she was very young. So, like, this is this is all he has in the world is his daughter. So, I I get it why would they go to why would they think that he would go there anyway why uh, why who would go there why would you i mean why would they take his daughter or why would they think oh, right, be right. Going oh. There? oh no no because he you know don't forget he publishes his own magazine and he was actually very critical of the ministry of magic and was sort of saying all this stuff they're saying about harry potter is lies it's really Voldemort control. Like he was basically what our current president would say, you know, telling, even though he's telling the truth, you know, like our current president would say, you know, he's fake news. Like, so they were like, well, we're going to shut you down. If you're going to write these articles, well, we're taking your daughter. And that's what happened. You do a great impression of uh, Hillary Clinton. Um, Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. So, there is no Voldemort. <laughs> That's right. He's not the real. Uh, sorry, that was my Arnold coming out of me. Um, <laughs> Where were we? Get to the chopper. <laughs> Hermione, get to the chopper. <laughs> well, that wraps, our, uh, wraps up our discussion on Harry Potter. <laughs> there goes, uh, it's done. It's gone. All right. So, 20 minutes of horrible impressions coming up. <laughs> That's right. So this ends the movie. Basically, they they take. Oh well. Oh, well, it ends. It ends on a really sad note, which yes. was. So basically, right after this scene, they get captured. Um, Hermione, always thinking on her feet, hits Harry with that spell to sort of disfigure his face. But they're even still, they're sort of like, I think this is Harry Potter. Let's bring him to the Malfoys, and that's where we get the great scene where, you know, Bellatrix is sort of like. You know, Draco, come here. Tell us. That's Harry, right? And you know that when Draco sees him, even though his face is all swollen, you know that Draco knows, but Draco doesn't want to say it. He's like, uh, could be. I don't know. Like, it's like you really see that Draco's sort of like, I'm really getting tired of this. I don't want to do this. I just, I just want to be a kid. I point, want all this to go away. At this point in time, wouldn't, I mean, is he the only one that really knows that they hang out with each other, the three of them? I mean, that's the other thing, too. You would think, like, okay, we got, you know, we got the Weasley kid. We got the Granger kid. This third kid may be disfigured, but, you know, this ain't some random guy. Like, this has got to be Harry. But 
like Bellatrix says, she's like, we have to make sure because if we summon Lord Voldemort and this is just some random kid, we're really in trouble. Oh, yeah, somebody's getting, so, uh, uh, getting killed. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, What's that curse called now? Uh, the... It's Oh, the Avada Kedavra, the killing curse? Yeah. 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 Someone's going to get that. Abracadabra and they'll be done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's pretty much, you know, what they're saying is, is like, you know, they're 90% sure that's Harry. But like they said, like, we really have to make sure. Um, Dobby, the house elf, comes to the rescue. Oh, yeah, that's right. This is the Saves them all. Now, I had read the book. Uh, when I saw the movie the first time, I was with uh, I was with Diana and I was with my brother-in-law. So I knew what was coming and I knew they had no clue. And I'm sitting there like trying to keep a straight face because I didn't want to say a word. But basically when they escape, you see Bellatrix throw the knife. And then in the next scene, you know, they're all like, yay, we're saved. And then you see Dobby keel over. Diana lost it. She lost. Yeah, she, so she, she started crying. She started crying. Because she had no idea it was coming. And she was like, no. She was like, you know, you can't do that. You can't kill Dobby. That's not fair. And I'm like, honey, life isn't fair. I hate to tell you. <laughs> All right. Best, de- best death scene. That one or Spider-Man? Well, wait. Which, which Spider-Man? At the, Aven- <laughs> at the end of Avengers. Oh, with, with the whole Mr. Stark. Mr. I, yeah. I don't know. They're both pretty, they're both pretty gut-wrenching. Um, that's a, that's a poll. Go. Would, you, would you put that poll on Instagram for us? I will do that. I will throw that poll up there. You know, Dobby the house elf or Spider-Man at the end of infinity. Cause they're both really, you know, all kidding aside. I mean, when I read it in the book, I like, I dropped the book. I put it down. I was like, I can't believe this. Like, I know people are going to be, but I'm like, again, I'm like, what did he ever do to anybody? He's such a sweet and kind character and he really made that heroic sacrifice. And, you know, the fact that, her, you know, Harry was like, you know, I'm going to bury him. I'm not going to use magic. You know, I'm going to do it sort of the muggle way. And, oh, my God, it was and even like when Luna comes over and Luna's like, we should close his eyes there. It looks like he's resting. And I, I'm just I knew it was coming. And I was even getting like misty eyed in the theater i'm like wow this i is, still this can't is watch that scene i fast forward through it to be honest with you i mean i love Do- dobby the hell uh, the house elf and I, it was very sad because you know you all you think about the trouble he starts in uh in the third the second movie third second movie, movie. Second yeah movie second movie you know and then to, to end up like this but again this is one of those things that uh this these series of books where you see these characters and you don't you know you see the first first you know a couple of them and you think oh you know this is going to be happy-go-lucky and then it just takes that turn <laughs> yeah and it's i mean it's great because you and know it gets worse than the next one and it really does but it's before you know before he he dies when he's in the mansion and you know bellatrix like yells at him she's like you know what are you doing you can't attack us and you know He's like, he's like, you will not harm Harry Potter. I'm a free elf. You know, you're a bad. I was like, you know, way to go. But I knew what was coming. And it was it was it was really heroic. I mean, he 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 saved them. He sacrificed himself. And it's like to end the film right there or to end the first film right there. I'm like, because that's what I was thinking as the film was going on. I'm like, I wonder where they're going to end the first, you know, the first movie 
And I think it was a great place to end. Because the I book, really right, you're reading the book here at this point in time, and this is like page 150 at this, at this point in time. And you I got, mean, no, yes. actually, I think it is, because I, I pulled the book out the other day because I knew we were going to talk about it, and I was sort of like, yeah, it actually is kind of about halfway through the book. Okay. And, I'm, and at that point, I was just like, oh, my God, I still got half a book to go, and this is an amazing story. And again, at the time, I was thinking, I don't know how they're going to fit this. This is either going to be a six hour movie or I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I'm, I mean, I, I wanted to read the book, so I'm not going to, um, but <laughs> you know, I'm thinking as soon as that ends, I'm like, as soon as they show that last scene uh, and you know, they go to the credits, I'm like, when's the next one? Absolutely. Now just real quick. So if anybody out there has only seen the films, and they want to read the books, but they really don't want to spend the time reading the books, I will recommend this, because I actually did this myself. I actually got the audiobooks, and the audiobooks are amazing, because the guy that narrates them, it's one guy, his name is Jim Dale, and he does, he gives every single character a distinct voice, so that after you kind of listen to the first couple, when the next few books come out and you're listening, and you hear a character, like, you're like, oh, that's Hermione. Like, he doesn't have to say, like, Hermione said, or you know, Ron said this because he gives every character such a distinct voice that when I started reading the books for Diana, when she was about four years old, I tried to copy him. I did a very poor job, but I <laughs> basically tried to give every character a very distinct voice to kind of make it more fun. And I think that helped her get into it. But if you don't want to invest the time, you know, look for the audiobooks because I mean, they're, it's like a radio play almost. It's it, they're amazing, and Jim Dale does an amazing job. So, did you, did you use the Donald Trump voice for the uh, Voldemort? <laughs> oh well, no, he wasn't. Even, he wasn't even around back. <laughs> <laughs> you're fired. Uh, you know, it's, it's, yeah, Harry, you're fired. That's right. Instead of killing him, you're fired. Um, you're fired. I actually <laughs> have to find those. I, I really would like to listen to them. Um, that'd be great. All right, so we're now to part yes. two. Part two. Uh, we we open up in part two, and um, they're they're planning again. They're like, all right, we know what we need to do. We we got to break into Bellatrix's vault at Gringotts because she has a Horcrux there, which is the goblet that belonged to Helga Hufflepuff. So they sort of realize that, like, okay, he took important artifacts from the founders of the school, except for the sword, of course. Uh, so they're like the the goblin from the bank they rescued him and he basically confirms like yeah you'll find it in the vault and I, and and again they're planning this big mission to break in and Hermione has to pose as Bellatrix Lestrange which is awesome yeah she does do a great job uh Bell well, Bellatrix playing like the innocent you know doing that innocent voice and stuff like that oh my god when she when she comes out you know and it's it's Helena Bonham Carter who has been playing this off-the-wall crazy Bellatrix. Now it's like she's playing Bellatrix, but it's really Hermione, and she kind of comes out all demure, like, oh, my God, how do I look? And when she, even when she goes to the bank, she's polite, and Ron, who's with her, is sort of like, you know, Bellatrix isn't polite. And then she tries to, like, toughen up a bit. Like, it, it was great. Yeah, it, it was, was great, great stuff. It was a great – that's actually a whole a great sequence. Um, Willow does a great job as the uh... – as, oh, uh, as the goblin, as the yeah. goblin. So mm -hmm. you know, it's it's great. And then when you go into this, they go into the vault, and just the way you know, because 
I guess because there's a curse on the vault, right? And yes, yes. Every time you move, everything starts to duplicate. Yeah, basically, if it's not your vault and you touch something, it starts to duplicate. And basically, it's like the point of it is supposed to be like you're trying to steal this wealth. Well, it's going to multiply and bury you, basically. So, But they, they get it. They make their big escape on a dragon, which, again, we talked about it when Pete and I went on vacation. And I talked about going to Universal Studios in Orlando if you go to the Universal Studios side, you go into Diagon Alley, they have the Escape from Gringotts ride, and sitting on top is the Fire-Breathing Dragon. Which, oh, wow. Yeah, which randomly, you never know when, it breathes fire. Incredible. <laughs> oh, that is pretty cool. Because we didn't have that when I went to Hollywood's version in California. So you disappointed me. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go to the one... That, in uh, Orlando now. Sorry, Chris. Absolutely. Uh, oh, you'll love it. You'll love it. <laughs> All right, so they don't destroy the, the cup at that point in time, do they? Uh, I think, yeah, I think when they do make the escape, they they do, and then they realize, like, you know, all right, there's more out there. We got to go get them. So it's like, okay, we destroyed the book way back when in the in the second movie. We destroyed the necklace. We now destroyed the cup. So that's three down. They're like four to go. And Dumbledore had kind of said to Harry that he believed that Voldemort's snake, Nagini, was one. So they're like, okay, well, we know the snake is one. Uh, and they were like, what else? Oh, they're like, well, there's the uh, the crown that Ravenclaw wore. So that's like another one. And they're like, okay, so, you know, wh wh where, you know where are the rest of them? And they, they decide, well... He probably hit it at Hogwarts, so they're like, it's a suicide mission, but we're going back to Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so they, they, they go in and, and at that time at this time, one of the important pieces that you, you see uh, that that's there but we haven't really talked about, um, mm -hmm. Harry has this piece of glass with him. Yes. Now they talked more about it in the books, and what it was way back when uh, I believe it was either in the fourth or the beginning of the fifth book. It's actually, it's like, I guess the best way to describe it, it's almost like a two-way mirror that Sirius had. And he said, you know, James and I, you know, your dad and I, we had these so we could communicate in class. Like, it's almost sort of like the wizard version of like FaceTime, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so when uh, at the end of the fifth one, uh, during that whole fight in the ministry, Harry's mirror breaks. So all he has left is that shard. So he, by when he, every time he looks in it and he sees another set of eyes looking back, and they sort of, he's sort of like, it kind of looks like Dumbledore. So he's like, is this Dumbledore talking to me from beyond the grave, or you know, what is it? We we find out that it actually the other mirror ended up with, um, excuse me, Dumbledore's brother, uh, whose name is Abbaforth. And that's where this is where he comes into play. And again, like you said, it's a little shard of glass, but it's really, really important because, you know, they find Abbaforth, who helps them sneak into the castle with badass Neville Longbottom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at this point in time, he's a skinny looking guy. Absolutely. And just like it's so funny. Um, a few weeks back, uh, the whole family, we went into New York. And we saw this off-Broadway show called Puffs. 
which is basically the telling of Harry Potter from the Hufflepuff's point of view. Oh, was it good? It was hilarious. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. It was, it was great. Um, so in it, there's, um, there's this kid in Hufflepuff named Wayne and, uh, it's the fourth, the fourth chapter of the story, the fourth book, which is basically Goblet of Fire. So the Yule Ball's coming and his friends are like, you know, Wayne, you need to ask somebody out. And he sees Ginny and he's about to ask her and Neville steps in and asks her, you know, and she's like, okay, I'll go with you. And then his friends are like his one friend and she's like, don't worry. He's a weird, he's a weird looking kid anyway. I bet when he grows up, he'll still be fat and ugly. And everybody's (laughs) laughing because the actor that played Neville Longbottom, uh, you know, apparently turned into a hottie. (laughs) (laughs) But it was, it was great because in the book, you know, it was great to see Neville and Neville sort of like, yeah, you know, I knew you guys weren't coming back to school. So I'm keeping up the fight here. And I mean, this is the beginning of the climax of the film, the climax of the book, the big showdown. We know it's coming between him and Voldemort. So, well, unbelievable. At some unbelievable. Point, so at, at some point in time, okay, mm-hmm. so they, they get the, the crown. Um, you know, we Snape finds out that uh, Harry's there. And then yes. Harry comes out and really confronts him. Um, and then at that oh, point in time... Scene. Great scene. At that point in time, he takes they take over the... Uh, they take back Hogwarts. Pretty much, yeah. McGonagall takes back Hogwarts, and uh, they realize, like, okay, yeah, you know, Voldemort's coming. We got to defend the school. Harry's like, I got to find Ravenclaw's crown. Um, and then that's even a great scene too, where he's like, I'll go to the room of requirement, which is that hidden room that they use to have their secret meetings and things, and. When he's in there, he's confronted by Malfoy and his little cronies, and oh my god! I mean, it's just—I mean, this film. This is a high, high action film. Both of them, really, from start to finish. It's just action scene after action scene. It's just great stuff. Yeah, and it's just, this is a, a kind of a interesting scene as well because uh, one of the cronies dies, who's been with him since the beginning. Yeah, and for the life of me, it, it, I know their names were Crab and Goyle. I honestly forget which one. I it was, believe this one was Goyle, but uh, you know, again, probably two annoying fat probably. kids. I mean, just like me and you, two annoying fat kids. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> yeah. One of them's got to go. Yes, but yeah, but it's like you know, it's you know, at the end, the whole thing is burning. They're escaping, but you know what? Harry's like, yeah, I I can't do that, and they actually go back, and Ron's like. Swear to God, Harry, if we die saving them, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. And they, you know, they rescue Draco and his other buddy there. And, you know, they have the crown. They destroy it. So you're, they're like, okay, you know, we, we, we got to find more. We got to get the snake. We got to figure out what else is out there. Yeah. Cause in the, whole... in, in, in the Half-Blood Prince, we, we remember that uh, Dumbledore destroyed one of the Hawkcrocks. That's right. He did say he did say it was a ring that he found. So that one's gone. So they're like, okay, there's a snake. And then, you know, there, there's, there's actually, wait, let's count them out. So we got the book, we got the ring that Dumbledore destroyed, the necklace, the crown, the goblet. So that's five. And then we know the, so at this point in time, we know that the sixth one is the snake. And, um, we don't know what the seventh, we one don't know is what yet. the seventh was, but we find out what that is very quickly. Very, very quickly. Um, right. Yes. Because 
I now before okay, so they get back and they they have to find the snake. So they they like look to I guess somehow or another, you know, Harry has this mental um mental relationship with Voldemort. So he finds Still out, has that connection. Right, yep. mm-hmm. To find out where he's at and they find out he's in the in the boathouse. And this is where the movie I think this is the scene that that it's the best scene out of any scene in all of the movies. Absolutely. And I will say, you know, I think people know what's coming up. This one is fleshed out a little bit more in the book. So, you know, they sneak down there. They see uh, Voldemort talking with Snape. And Voldemort comes to the realization, like, he has this elder wand. But he's like, you know what? It's not working for me. Because he's like, you defeated Dumbledore. So it's really your wand. So I have to, he's like, sorry, I got to kill you now. Um, And he kills Snape. Like, the snake attacks Snape. Uh, They disappear. Harry comes in there. And, you know, this is just an incredible scene. You know, Snape is crying. And there are these silver tears, which are his memories. You know, they bottle them up. You know, he's telling Harry, he's like, take them, take them. And Harry goes and he looks at Snape's memories. Well, before that, remember. Go ahead. One of the, you know, one of the, the one of the, uh, the, the one thing that everybody says when they see Harry Potter is what? He has his mother's eyes. He has his mother's eyes, and yes. Snape looks yes. up to him and says, you have your mother's eyes. And I think at that point in time, he's like, uh-oh, what is going on? So then, Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. <laughs> and then now he goes and takes the tears and he's like, all right, you guys need to go do th- go destroy the the crown because yeah at that point in time um hermione and ron go to the the chamber where the bathlets was so they get one of the fangs get one of the fangs yes and harry goes up to dumbledore's office and uses the the tear the bird the bird feeder (laughs) to to look at some tears (laughs) does look like a bird feeder yeah no absolutely yeah so to basically look at snape's memories and really what we see is he knew Lily Potter from when she was a little girl and he was in love with her. Now in the book, they really flesh this out. Like we see that, you know, Snape is sort of like that weird kid that lives at the end of the lane. And he's always spying on Lily because he kind of knows that she's a witch and Lily doesn't even realize it yet. She, she's just showing her sister Petunia She's like, look at these really cool things that I could do. And Petunia's like, that's not right. That's not normal. Stop doing that. And that's when, you know, Snape sort of meets her and they form a friendship. Now, Snape is in love with her. Uh, Lily sees him as a very, very good friend. And we sort of see, you know, the movie kind of goes through it a little quick. You know, they go to Hogwarts together and, um, you know, then basically... What happens is what they, what they don't really show in the movie is that uh, if you remember the last time Harry read Snape's thoughts, it was that scene where his dad and friends were sort of bullying Snape. Right. We see in the book an extended part of that where they're doing that. And Lily actually steps in because that's her friend. And she's telling James, like, stop bullying him. Stop teasing him. Leave him alone. And. You know, they're sort of saying that James is doing to kind of show off to try to impress her. She's clearly not impressed. You know, he's like, fine, fine. He lets him go. She goes to help Snape. 
And Snape turns to her and says, get your hands off me, you filthy mudblood, which is, you know, a very derogatory term. So Lily's sort of like, okay, then, you know, they show that Snape tries to apologize. He's like, I didn't mean it. And Lily is like, look, I know who you hang out with. You know, I know who you support. You know, don't lie to me. I'm your friend. You know, it's one or the other. You're either with those Death Eater people that you like or you're my friend. It's You, you can't have both. And Snape is really trying to be like, yeah, I kind of do want both. Is Tom Riddle, I guess Tom Riddle's older than these guys, right? He's Voldemort already. Yeah, he's out. He's Voldemort. He's slowly starting to rise to power. And, you know, Snape is sort of like a supporter of his. But you kind of wonder, like, was he going along with the crowd? Because he, he really loved Lily, who, if you think about it, if he really was a full-on Death Eater, he shouldn't have. He should have been like, she's filthy, she's disgusting, but he loved her. So he's now a Death Eater. He realizes that Lord Voldemort hears the prophecy, and he's going to go try to kill the Potter family. So he goes to Dumbledore, and he's like, he doesn't even care about the baby. He doesn't care about James. He's like, you have to save Lily. Don't let him kill Lily. And, um, excuse me, you know, Dumbledore sort of like, you know, whoa, you know, you're, uh, you're changing sides now, huh? You know, why should I even listen to you? Why should I believe you? And, you know, Snape is like, I swear, I swear. He's like, fine, fine, I'll believe you. He's like, but now you swear allegiance to me. And this is where he becomes Dumbledore's double agent. Um, it really continues where we see, you know, the Potters die, Voldemort is destroyed, and that's when you see Snape go to the house, and he finds Lily, and he's... That scene where... Alan Rickman is holding her and sobbing. I was like, it was great in the book, but to see it on screen, I was like, oh my god, this this is too much. Uh, it's 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 just too much. It's incredible. So now in this scene, we actually learn that um, because we learn where the 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 last Horcrux is, and we find out that it's Harry Potter. It is Harry Potter. Yeah, you know, like Dumbledore, you know, they kind of jump ahead. Dumbledore's telling him, he's like, I, I got this theory that when Voldemort tried to kill Harry and it didn't work and he died, part of his soul went into Harry. So Harry's a Horcrux. So we got to destroy the Horcrux. And Snape is like, wait a minute. We've been protecting this Harry Potter kid all this time and now he has to die? And that's when, you know... Dumbledore's sort of like, oh, you uh, you like that Harry Potter. And his response is he forms a Patronus, which is a doe, which was Lily's Patronus. And even Dumbledore's kind of shocked. He's like, he's like, that's where he just says to him, still. And his response is always. Like, he's always loved Lily, no matter what. So to answer that question, you asked me way back when, how did the sword get there? They sort of just, Dumbledore sort of tells him, he's like, look, at some point, Harry's going to need the sword. You can't just hand it to him. It's a special item. It has to be taken by heroic means. So in that scene where Harry sees the doe, that's Snape hiding, casting it, leading him. Uh. Snape had put it in the, in the frozen pond there because Harry had to, like, be heroic to go and claim the sword. Otherwise, it wouldn't have worked for him. 
I got it. See now, so do you think does Snape know where he's at this whole time? He probably does because you know again he's got Lojack on him. <laughs> he's got Lojack on. I mean, not for <laughs> nothing. I mean, you know, people say yeah, say what you want. He's actually a very great wizard, a, a powerful wizard, a knowledgeable wizard. So yeah, you know he he figured out a way to figure out where Harry was and. I'm gonna you know. I'm gonna tell you this at this so during these all these movies I had some crazy theories so my my first theory was um, that Voldemort was actually his father Harry's father oh okay what what kind of made you think that I'm just wondering I, just like from all the things that he was that he had like you know he could speak uh, um, he could speak Snake he's He's got this connection to him. You know, at first, it was just kind of quickly, oh, maybe he's his father. Maybe that's his father. And then my other thought was, oh, maybe Snape is his father. And no, okay. one, and no one really knew. But we, I mean, again, we see the connections. I I just thought there might be like, a, you know, it's like watching wrestling. You want that twist to happen. You always, want, <laughs> right, you gotcha. always wanted Hulk Hogan to turn bad. He doesn't turn bad. And then he finally does. And you're like, oh, man, what the hell? So I thought that we might see something like that. Obviously, we didn't. But we did get the other twist that, you know, Harry Potter needs to die to, for, to help destroy Voldemort. Right. So Harry really realizes that he's like, I got to go sacrifice myself. So he's like... Okay, I'm going to go out there and do that. But before he does that, you know, they're sort of taking a break in, in, in the big battle. That's where we find out that Professor Lupin has died. His wife, um, Nymphadora Tonks, she's died. And just because I knew I would get confused, I looked it up. It was Fred Weasley that died. Yes, yeah, Fred. Um, yeah, it is Fred. And, the one on you the know, left. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and, um, you know, he's like seeing all this and he really realizes he's like, I got to put an end to this. Yeah, I do. I have to go and let Voldemort kill me. But before he does, he tells Neville, he's like, Neville, I need to go take care of something. You've got to do me a favor. No matter what happens, you ha you have to kill Voldemort's snake. It's very, very important. He goes out there. He has the, the resurrection stone. And again, this is like another one that's going to pull at the heartstrings. You know, he sees Lupin, he sees Sirius, he sees his mother and father. And he's like, they're basically like, you're so brave. We know what you're doing. He's like, please stay with me. And he goes and he sacrifices himself. Well, he, before that, right, we see he's able to do that because in the, the, uh, yes, in the, what the hell, is the, that snitch. the snitch, the, the snitch, the one that, uh, Dumbledore gave him. Yeah. And it, he blows on it, and it says something. It says, like, I open in the end. Yeah. And, he's, yeah. and he says, like, and then he says to it, like, he realizes what that means, and he says, I'm about to die. And it opens, and it gives him the stone, and he brings back the ones that he loves. Like, he sees them, so he's sort of like, we're all going to be together. You know, Voldemort's like, oh, great, you're here, good. Bang, Avada Kedavra, he kills him. And then we get, and then, like at that point in the book, I was like, uh, okay. It's no more <laughs> Harry Potter than anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, what now? <laughs> but we get that scene where he sort of goes to like that limbo area and he runs into Professor Dumbledore and Dumbledore pretty much explains everything to him. And he's sort of like, 
you know, yeah, you kind of and you just kind of finished off the next Horcrux. And Harry's like, okay, what do I do now? And he's like, well, it's your choice. He's like, you know, you can let everybody else kind of take care of it, but you can go back. And he does go back. And we get that great scene where we see his body and Voldemort's like, check it, check it. And it's it's uh, Draco's mom. And she comes over and she realizes he's alive, but she says to him, is Draco okay? And, you know, Harry kind of gives a very slight nod. And that's when she's like, yep, he's dead. Because she's like, you know what? I'm done with all this. I'm going to go find my son and we're out of here. So she's just like, yeah, Harry's dead. Whatever. I'm out of here. <laughs> so she backstabs him right off the top. I mean, so I'm thinking at that point in time when they go back now and they, uh, Hagrid's carrying him and they're going back to Hogwarts because Voldemort is like, all right, I'm the man. Let's, I won. <laughs> everybody, yeah, everybody bowed down. You know, yeah. He jumps out. He jumps out of Hagrid's arms. Now I'm surprised. Well, 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 before all that, you know, they all come out, and Draco's there, and you know, they're sort of like, yeah. He's like, yes, Draco, come, come, and he gives him a very pathetic hug, and Draco's sort of like, yeah, I just want to go home, and he goes over, and you see his dad sort of like, kind of like, still sort of looking like, how do I save my own ass here? Oh, hey, son, how you doing? Yeah, nice to see you. And that's when the mom is like hugs him and she's just like, yeah, we're leaving. And they leave and he's like, yeah, I guess I'll leave too. Um, Neville delivers that great speech and he's like, you know what? Harry may be physically dead, but he's alive in all of us and I'm going to fight to the bitter end. And then that's when Harry jumps out of Hagrid's arms and we're like, yep, round two. It's on. Let's go. <laughs> right. So now they, they battle and, um, you know, now both. The, this is where I, I guess, you, you know, eventually the, the two of them meet in the middle of the, the square and they're, they got their, they have their, they're having their swords battle, right? <laughs> Pretty much. Right before this, though, you know, um, Ron and Hermione are like, they're trying to get the snake. They can't do it. You know, the snake's about to get them. They're sort of like, you know, I guess this is it. You know, I love you. I love you. And then pulling the sword out of nowhere, Neville comes in and saves the day. Who would have and, thought Fat Boy would have been able to do it? Oh, my God. He did it. You know, <laughs> kills the snake. So now all the Horcruxes are gone. Voldemort's exposed. And what happens in this showdown is, you know, Voldemort's sort of like, I got the most powerful wand in the world. And Harry's like, yeah, but you really don't. And he basically explains to him, he goes, look, this is what happened. Remember book six when you sent Draco to kill him? Well, when before Drake before Dumbledore died, Draco actually disarmed him. So technically, that wand belongs to Draco Malfoy. But guess what? When we were in his mansion, I beat Draco Malfoy. So you know what? That wand is really mine. It won't work for you. And he basically tells him, don't do it. Like, if, if you attack me, you're going to lose. And Voldemort's like, whatever, I'm awesome. And, yeah, they have that battle, and it doesn't work for him, and he fades into dust. <laughs> he kind of disappeared like he was in Avengers or something like that. Exactly. It's like they Thanos stole that finger. from Harry Potter. <laughs> Marvel, you bastards. All right, so yep. at this point in time, just now at the end, they, they, it's, you know, they go back, and it's all, you know, they're checking on everybody, and it's all lovey-dovey, right? Yep, yep. Now – at that point in time, the movie goes into goes to black and goes to 19 years later. 
Does the book change anywhere in that? In that... Does the same thing. There's an epilogue. It's called Epilogue, 19 Years Later. And we get this scene. We get this whole scene with, you know, Harry and Ginny and, you know, Ron and Hermione sending their kids off to Hogwarts. And we see Draco there. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, we, we get this we get this very scene. And uh, I thought it was pretty cool. I, I thought it was really cool to see that at the end of the book. And it was great to see it at the end of the movie. You know, you know, and obviously we see the scene and we meet kind of meet his two sons, James and uh, Albus Severus. <laughs> Al, Al, now, what's his other son's middle name? Because it's J.S. as well. Uh, James Sirius. James Sirius. OK, mm-hmm. so he names them after, you know, three great dudes. Uh, right. Four great dudes. And, and of course, we see her, but they don't get they don't tell her name, but they say it in the book. Their youngest daughter, her name is Lily Luna. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. So right. after the mom and after their good friend Luna. That's yep. that's good. So That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so here's the here's the thing. That's just that's Go for it. Um, what happened between those 19 years is like the big <laughs> mystery, right? I wish they would like explain what the hell happened because now, you know, obviously after this this book is over with. Um, we get the curse cursed child. It's cursed mm-hmm. child, which have you read that? Uh, I did read it, and you do find out. But the thing is, is if you do want to know what happened to most of the characters in the Harry Potter universe after that big battle, if you go to Pottermore, P-O-T-T-E-R-M-O-R-E, Pottermore.com, you will find it all there. J.K. Rowling fleshed it all out, what happens to just about any character you can think of. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yeah, so that's that's a great reference to check out, yeah. All right, so Jay, we did it. We went through yes! Harry Plopper. <laughs> yes! Who, who, who would have thought that we would get through this uh, almost a year later, I think. It feels like it anyway. So, so I, so I, well, I was going to say, I think we should start with another series. I think we should tackle the Police Academy series and go through all seven of those movies. I have no problem with that. I mean, it's <laughs> almost the same type, almost I was going to say, classic. we could do it in one episode. <laughs> all classic, uh, you know. Please count me one. <laughs> That's right. Please count me one. The best movie on the planet besides Bats of the Future. Got it in there, baby. Uh, Got to get it in there. <laughs> so, uh, so out of the you know this series, this seven mo- seven books, eight movies, you yes. know, we've done it. What's your favorite one it. now? Okay, so I would have to say, in terms of the films, number four is still my favorite. I think it was a. I think it was a great the way they they captured that book. Uh, it was always one of my favorite books. That's the Goblet um, of Fire. And that is Goblet of Fire, correct. That is my favorite movie. Uh, but this book, Deathly Hallows, I think, hands down, is is my favorite book with Goblet of Fire being a very close second. All right. So I said when this, before this all started that Prisoner of Azkaban was my favorite movie. Until and, I ruined it for until you. Until you ruined it for me. <laughs> and I never read the books. Um, I've only read one of the books, actually. I read The Cursed Child, which was really okay. great. Um, it is. Uh, so my favorite book is that one because that's the only one I read. But <laughs> uh, these two movies are kind of one and two for me now. Um, totally. Yeah, I, I, I totally see that. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think I just like the whole uh, um, Lord of the Rings uh, piece of it as well. So, Jay, we got through. We got through Potter. Uh, so first things first, on our Instagram uh, Jay will throw up the uh, which scene is more uh, heart wrenching. Heart wrenching. Yeah. 
uh, Dobby and or uh, the Spider-Man. Or Spider-Man. Death I mean, and I think death. again, I you know, I think about it. Um, my favorite scene of all these movies is again is the the whole scene with with Snape dying and then doing the oh, going oh, to, yeah. going into the uh, bird bath. <laughs> yeah, going into that bird beer there. Yeah, but yeah, when you really see when you really learn his full story there, you're just sort of like, yeah, I think he's the greatest character in this series. Like he's just so complex, so deep. And Alan Rickman, rest in peace, did a phenomenal job uh, portraying him. So we both agree he's the best character. I I would have to say he is. I mean, there's so many characters I love, but especially after his full story got wrapped up here in the seventh book in the eighth movie and you really see his full story he's probably the greatest character in the, in, in this whole universe absolutely all right so one other thing before we we sign off one thing that we did miss in this whole thing was one of the other best scenes is when uh yeah. molly uh weasley kills yes uh uh bellatrix bellatrix because uh, oh, yeah. she's picking on her daughter and she just like a great little quick scene. They kill her uh, very quickly. And again, uh, I didn't think it was long enough to kill her. Uh, they should have been like crucifying her. So, uh... oh, yeah. But I mean, <laughs> I, I remember that in the book when, you know, you're reading about the battle and this is going on here and that's going on here. And then when, you know, you see, I think it's Hermione, Ginny and maybe Luna are trying to take on Bellatrix. And she almost gets Jenny, and that's when, you know, Mrs. Weasley gives, you know, not my daughter, you bitch. And I was like, oh, man, it's on. And it's like, if you thought Mrs. Weasley was some frumpy little housewife, uh uh-uh. Exactly. (laughs) Like, I was waiting for that scene in the movie. After I read it, I was like, I got to see this on the big screen. And it was kind of quick, but it was very satisfying. Yeah, very satisfying. So, we did all all the movies. We did all the books. Uh, if you haven't listened to all of them, please check us out on brothersinarmchairs.com. We are on Anchor, iTunes, Google, all that other fun stuff. Um, make sure you're checking out Jay on Stuff You Don't Need to Know. Jay yep. is doing, he stole my idea, he's doing sports now. Um, I did one sports segment. <laughs> uh, you do need, if you really want to learn about the Knicks, uh, Jay's got his first one out there talking like kind of the beginning of the season. But as the season goes on, listen to Jay on um, stuff you don't need to, need to know about the Knicks. But everything else, him and Diane do – Diana, I'm sorry. No, uh, that's fine. D- are doing comic books, the whole thing. Listen to him and also listen to him on Defender of the Realm, which is uh, great on role-playing games. And I'm hoping eventually yep. the two of us will be talking Dungeons & Dragons and Advanced Dungeons & Dragons. Absolutely. Yeah, we could do it here. We could do it there. Double play, whatever. We could do it everywhere. (laughs) Anywhere. Sure. Uh, Uh, And, you know, just to kind of keep it going here, uh, you know, www.brothersandarmchairs.com links you to all our podcasts. Of course, your favorite, Enter the Nerd Zone, but there's also Nerd and Me, Stuff You Don't Need to Know, Defender of the Realm. And Pete is also on Fat Guys in Little Coats with our friend John. Uh, when they're not talking about their adventures traveling around the country, Pete does running up the score. And like I said last time, Pete is a baseball fanatic. So if you want baseball news, sports news, that's where to check it out. Yeah, I mean, I'm very biased with the Yanks. Uh, so 
deal with it. No, but you guys talk about a lot. Of, no, I mean, you know, you and Tom talk about, like, I get a lot of information from that. It's yeah. really, really good stuff. And him and I are going to be doing our show in the next day or two, um, giving us giving out the NFL picks and our choices uh, for that stuff. So make sure you check cool. it all, checking all, all that out. Make sure you're going to the Lag Bar if you're in uh, Anaheim, California. See my uh-huh. brother, jo- brother-in-law, John. And it's a great bar for video games, which... Obviously, gaming, which Jay is a, a master of as well. And then also <laughs> drinking, which Jay is also a master of as well. Uh, not anymore. But <laughs> not anymore. Sure. Not part of your new diet, right? <laughs> no. no. Uh, also, don't forget, if you're in central New Jersey, especially in Milltown, check out Main Street Comics. I uh, got it right finally. Um, that's the comic book store that is actually now sad because since Diana is not around anymore, she's up at college, they're like, we're not selling comic books anymore. <laughs> now I'm sure they're doing great over there, but definitely check them out. Main Street Comics. And I think there's only one thing really left to say. Um, same bad time. Same bad channel. Batman, Dumbledore, Batman. Batman Dumbledore, whoever. <laughs> yeah, don't sue us. <laughs> nobody sue us. Yeah, please. Nobody sue us. 